Welcome to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Knowledge, experiences, and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short-term rentals. Here's your host, Jeremy Warden. What's up, everybody? We are live with the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast, and I'm excited to be here today with Jeff. I'm not even going to try your, your last name, <laughs> but I had the opportunity to be on a boat with Jeff actually last week at the STR Nation conference. And, you know, we had a great conversation. Jeff is a super knowledgeable guy from many different aspects and not only the short-term rental space, but just everything going on. So we had some really interesting convos and thought it would be a great person to have on the podcast and talk about, you know, some of the really relevant things that are happening today and also talk about, you know, his experiences growing an arbitrage and property management portfolio to 150 uh, units before, you know, saying, you know, what, I want to actually do my own uh, startup company. I feel that there are some issues uh, that I'm feeling as an operator. And he started Host GPO uh, to solve those issues. So I'm going to let Jeff uh, kind of give a little bit of his background as well as, you know, what Host GPO is. Uh, and then we're going to get into just some of the things that are affecting hosts all around the country uh, so you guys are going to want to stay tuned for this episode. Jeff, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really, really excited to be here, uh, Jeremy. And, and it was great meeting you on the boat last week. Different, different, slightly different weather and setting today. Less, less sunsets and, and, and glistening water, but, but still excited to be here and, and, and chat with you. And yeah, my background, I've been in this industry in the vacation rental industry in the short-term rental space for about 10 years and, you know, started out kind of falling into the, the space that I, I think a lot of people who get into this industry kind of fall in by accident. And that was definitely the case with me. I was, I was a lawyer before who decided, you know, maybe I should try out this short-term rental thing on the side and really just fell in love with it and fell in love with the industry and kind of the ability to be an entrepreneur in a pretty, you know, seamless way, kind of getting started. And I grew my business over those six years or so to, to yeah, have a pretty large portfolio. We had, we had 150 properties, luxury homes, but also we were, we were doing apartment buildings and cabins and, and you name it, mostly down in Southern California and started Host GPO about four years ago. And Host GPO, the idea behind it, it was a private group. GPO stands for Group Purchasing Organization. It's actually a type of business that exists in a lot of other industries. It exists in hospitals and pharmaceuticals and you know, food. And, and the idea is it's just a buying group. It's a collective group of people who are looking to buy the same types of things. And the group goes on behalf of all the members and negotiates for pricing and products that are the best for its, its membership base. And, and by kind of pooling all the power together of all of the uh, buyers under one umbrella, we're able to kind of get favorable terms and and you know, the guaranteed best pricing with each of our each of our vendors that we work with. So that's the the, the quick background on, on host GPO. And you know, we we offer everything from furniture to supplies to linens to amenities, you name it. If you're looking for kind of toilet paper that's less expensive than Amazon and Costco, or sheets that are the same kind of sheets that Marriott and Hyatt and Hilton buy, as opposed to just kind of banking on whatever is at your local store and having mismatched stuff. That, those are the kinds of problems that we really focus on in addition to kind of the West Elm Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel article furniture of the world as well. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to dive <laughs> into kind of like how you're saving, how you're saving hosts around the, the country money and how you're using this kind of collective, collective power to have negotiating and pricing power with uh, your partners. But first, what sure. I want to dive into, and I, and I actually saw, so I got some great feedback. Well, first of all, conferences are amazing because you just get to meet people. And I mean, I think being on a boat is, is a very prime example of just like in a very natural setting, like you're literally feeling the waves. You know, we don't have to talk about the alcohol component, but uh, what definitely, alcohol? you know, reinforce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, re reinforce to me just like how awesome it is meeting people in person. Jeff and I actually happen to both be in New York City at the moment, which definitely a coincidence. So maybe next time if we, if we run it back, we'll, we'll do an in-person pod. Uh, but what I want to get into is like a lot and people were telling me like, hey, we like when you talk about, you know, the not so good things, you know, obviously, you know, short term rentals for me, it seems like for you, you know, you went from being a lawyer to having your own business and, you know, using that business to then start your own venture, which actually is the same route I, I've taken uh, with like 
BNB Calc today. It was, I wasn't a lawyer before, but kind of that same high level, like more of like a nine to five corporate type job to, you know, short-term rentals to then having the freedom to go after my own thing and solve a problem I saw in the short-term rental industry. But I want, I want you to give an example of uh, what's a not so good thing that's that's happened. Like, can you, can you t- uh, share kind of uh, your quote unquote, like Airbnb horror story? Oh my gosh, I, we could do we could do a whole hour podcast on the horror stories. You can imagine, you know, not only are, did I probably host tens of thousands of guests, but you know, over over the course of of all those years and all those properties, especially some of the larger ones. But you know, back in the day, and in, in, in you know, 2014, 2015, the the industry was a little bit more wild than it was now. So you know, there weren't weren't a lot of the solutions that were in place, but like there wasn't a lot of like background checking going on. You know, we used to show up and actually physically check people's IDs before we checked them in. We used to do all of our check-ins in person just because there was so much fraud going on. And that's kind of subsided. But, you know, you talk about horror stories. You know, I was I was thinking, oh, you know, I I read a article in in the LA Times yesterday that was about a guest that was refusing to leave a squatter. And that brought back some some very terrible memories. I went through some of some of those similar situations of of, of squatting guests that didn't want to leave. And and this one was a particularly I don't know, did you catch that article? It was it was pretty bad. I saw I saw the headline. Yeah, it was like someone's been staying in my house for the last year. Like they overstayed. But I it looks like you actually read it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good. Give me your spark notes. Yeah, I've, I've done I've done the same thing that, that I mean, I've had to go through the same thing in a similar way that, that this person went through. Essentially, it was a host who lives in the main home, rented out their guest house, and the current guest that's it there. Had to do a 30-day rental because it's LA, right? Like, I think to, so. I, I, think, I think they probably did it, you know, a 30-day rental through Airbnb. I think the original reservation was like 50 days. I don't know if they had to. It sounds like they didn't have a permit at all. So assuming they did a, a 30-day plus rental, even at the outset, all of the terrible things that could have happened happened at the, at the same time for this host. And, and they're not totally free of culpability either. Essentially, they rented out this back home that they'd renovated, but they didn't have a permit for it. So it had an illegal shower and they didn't have a certificate of occupancy. And then this guest was staying there. The guest ended up staying and ended up staying and, and extending past six months. And LA has some really, really, really nuanced regulation around housing rights. So they ended up having a, there's a special protection you get if you're there for six months that says that a landlord, if they're going to evict you, has to show a reason why, like put the onus on the landlord. Then the property got deemed that it was a rent control property. So you had a rent control tenant. So eviction is even harder there. Then the tenant ended up suing the host and saying, actually, this place was unpermitted and I want all my money for the original reservation back. And the guy's been staying there for 541 days already in addition to the reservation and not paying. So he's been staying there, not paying, refusing to leave, um, wanting his money back for the time that he did spend there, which is like 20 grand. And then on top of that, he won't, the, the guests won't let the owner uh, and the host into the property to do the repairs to get the permit. So like this, this host is in like a terrible situation, but it was a, it was a parade of parade of horribles. And uh, yeah, talk about, talk about horror stories. I mean, you really, uh, I tell people this a lot, especially because there's this uh, very big kind of movement and there has been over the last few years that, you know, grow your business and, and anybody can do this and, and just hop into the space. And sure, it's easy just, you know, rent a, rent a property and put some furniture in. But, you know, if you jump into this without knowing what you're doing or without having, you know, some clear guidelines or doing it the wrong way instead of doing it the right way, you could end up in a real bad situation like that. And that... So you, this, this story had a lot more juice than, uh, than the, even I thought from the headline. Yeah, it was a bad and, one. Uh, and I, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, so I did like a post, yeah, so, and, and we're going to get into this, this super relevant current topic for, for both of us. We're both in New York City who just, you know, re- created some of the strictest and in a way to me, like the most odd short-term reg- rental regulations I've seen. But I did a post where it was like, all right, if you're in a city, you know, in worst case scenario, short-term rentals get restricted. There's a lot of times, a lot of demand for medium-term rentals. So 30-day rentals. However, if you're going to do a 30-day rental, you need to vet that guest. Like at that point, they have a lot more rights. Someone who stays for like a week or two weeks and they overstay, they overstay their welcome, they overstay their They don't really have, in most cities, most states, you know, that much of a, like tenant rights. So they're there, you, you know, you can get the cops, 
the cops will come. You can get rid of them. And a lot of places, once you either hit that 30-day threshold or, like you just said, I guess Los Angeles is that six-month threshold, it is really difficult to get somebody to leave, uh, especially you know in places like Los Angeles, which is kind of funny. I'm, I'm thinking, like, while you're saying this, I'm like, wait, and I didn't, because I didn't read the article, if you were, the, the owner is actually living in the main house. So they're having to see this person every day come in and out. And they, like, I'm like, if it was me, I mean, at this, that point, I might just be so angry that, that I would literally just change, put their stuff on the side of the house. Yeah. And just say, you know, I'll buy you an Uber and like, I'll give you like two week hotel stay somewhere. But uh, they tried the, they the, just the owner, the owner tried. He was like, I'm going to put you up in a hotel for a month. I'm going to pay for it. I right, let me just do the repairs, blah, blah, blah. And the person was like, no, I'm not leaving. They, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's uh, dangerous. Have they not physically left? Have they been Uber eating for the last? No, I think they're leaving. They're just seeing much. I think they're leaving. They're just not letting the, you know, they're just not letting the owner in the property. I, I my understanding. So it's, you know, it's a dicey situation. You don't want to get into a, you don't want to get into a, you know, I changed the locks and prevented them from moving in. And then you get sued for some real stuff. You know, you don't want to be, you know, interfering with somebody's, you know, tenant rights like that. You, you know, who knows, probably go to jail for, for doing some messed up like that. So, you know, it's, it's tough. I've done that. I've gone through evictions. I've gone through, you know, calling the cops and having people removed and all that stuff. I mean, look, few and far between, right? And tens of thousands of reservations, right? Yeah. These are the horror stories that come up. But it is important to like remember that because if you, don't like, you know, you got to know, you have to know where, where the, you know, landmines are, you know, and, and what red flags to look out for, because, you know, you get caught up in that, in that pickle, if you're not, if you're not paying attention. You need to plan for the, the worst case scenario. So that, that is a unique risk to medium term rentals, short term rentals can't happen. Like I said earlier, yeah, long term rentals can happen. You know, so there's unique risk to, you know, short-term rentals. Someone comes in on a Friday, leaves on a Sunday, and, you know, they rent the place to party. That's that's a pretty much a unique risk to short-term rentals. Sure. However, long-term rentals have unique risks to them too. So it's really just, you always need to have, you know, all these edge cases, you know, all the specific things that, that can happen taken into consideration and, and put in as many preventative measures as possible so they don't happen. And you can do um, it. I mean, look, there's a million, so there's a million, there's a million little hacks, right? That people talk about, do it for 29 days, get the person to leave, do another 29 day reservation, right? You, you know, don't let them receive mail there in some places. You know, there's, there's a million ways to do it. Collect it, extra security deposit as a, as a, you know, there are, there are a lot of ways to do it. I'm just saying, you know, this, this sounded like literally my horror story. You know, I, I, I been there. You're like, been there, been there. Right. never lived in house, but shit. God, it's a first, okay, you know, we went in, we're going into a little bit of the, the darker side. Sorry, but, sorry. And I always say this to people like, yeah, just, just like in anything, <laughs> there, not everything is going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Everything is going to have its nuance and caveats. But compare the short-term rental life to being a lawyer. Like, what was that point when you, know, you said you kind of fell into it yeah. haphazardly, but did you love being a lawyer? Or yeah, tell me kind of what, what was that migration like from, you know, probably a stable corporate job to this, to this world? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I actually did like being a lawyer, which is crazy. I wasn't one of those like miserable, like drones, you know, going into the office and like being a paper vendor. Like I actually really enjoyed the people that I work with. I enjoyed like my life and all of that. But I just, I think that I just didn't see that as a long-term career for me in terms of like what I wanted to do with, for the rest of my life, even though I liked it. And then I think that what really appealed to me in this industry was the ability to be an entrepreneur and to have, you know, create my own work for myself and, and, you know, create a sense of financial freedom and make decisions on, on my own and have no limit to kind of what you can do, right? This, my, I was only limited by my own, by my own effort in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So that was so appealing. And then separately, I just, I love travel. And like going to new cities and, and I love staying in, in Airbnbs and, 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 you know, Verbos and, and, you know, you name it, like even I like staying in hotels too, in different places, but like, I loved creating, especially in, in, in my hometown, I love creating these, these, these places for people to have amazing experiences. And I was like one of those hosts, very, very into like curating the list of, okay, when you stay at my house, this is the coffee shop that I like. 
this is the, you know, this is the restaurant that I like. Say hi to, you know, this guy. Like when you go there, tell him you're staying in my place. Like that was very much a part of my, my vacation rental company. It was very, very much based on like showing people, you know, LA is a kind of complicated city and being able to show them a little bit about, you know, how, how to, how to really enjoy it and, and create those experiences. That part I really loved. So that, you know, I didn't get that sense of fulfillment, you know, working for a giant bank, you know, it was cool and I liked parts of it and, 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 you know, it was, it was mentally stimulating, but it wasn't, I wasn't the same. And it just, you know, I think, I think a lot of people probably who are listening who have had that experience of like starting out down this space. That's why a lot of people don't have one property, right? You, you kind of get the first one and then all of a sudden you blink and you got five or 10 and kind of just keep going from there. You, you catch the buck and put things in comparison. People like who get into this and I think at the conference is a prime example. Like people are, you know, people get into short-term rentals and hospitality. They like people, you know, like they enjoy the kind of human connection aspect of it. And at the end of the day, you're creating experiences for guests. Like that's, that's how you win is you make sure your guests literally have fun or they enjoy themselves. When they take the Instagram photos, you know, they're, they're, they're getting the, the likes. So that being said, I want to go into, we're both in New York City. Yeah. I know, would you, would you, quick question. When you started your business in LA, in, South Cal, in Southern California, were you in New York or did you, did you move out West? So I was, I was in LA back then. So I'm from LA, went to college in New York and then ended up going back to LA. And so I kind of sp split my time a little bit between the two, but I was in LA when I started. Bi-coastal. Bi-coastal, yeah. Whenever I hear there's so many people in New York and in LA who are like, quote unquote, bi-coastal. And I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, I hate that flight. I hate that. Like, uh, if you're flying west, it's like a six hour flight because of the whole jet stream thing. But yeah, it's even worse when you're flying I, I, east and it's like nine hours of the time change. You just lose a whole day. Oh, you've got to do the red eye. You, you have to do the red eye or you literally lose an entire day. <laughs> but but yeah, so that being said, we're both in New York. Uh, the New York pass strict regulations. And then the thing is, like, I think there was a little bit of a misconception that these rules in New York were new. Uh, New York has had rules for a while, but they just they just like added steroids to the rules. Like before, you wouldn't really have like a cop showing up at your door, you know, if you'd been reported or they had seen online before they didn't literally ban Airbnb from collecting payments. So now if you do a short term rental in New York, you don't have a permit. New York City listed on Airbnb, like uh, Airbnb is effectively illegal in New York and some of the strictest regulations we've seen. So kind of what has been a, your, your takeaway? And actually, I want to dive into a couple of the funnier parts of the New York short-term rental regulation rules. But yeah, what, what has been kind of your, you're in New York, have you talked to hosts? I mean, you probably engage with hosts here a lot, given that's where you're from and you know you have such a big collective at this point. But yeah, what have your conversations with uh, these New York host been like yeah i mean i think you know you, you you're you're right it's not brand new what's happening but but the the two big takeaways for me and and this is definitely the the less exciting part and i'll let you tell the, the funny parts of it but you know the two big takeaways from here one the dangerous precedent that this could set in that the regulations apply to the platform itself so the fact that airbnb itself can be fined for what's going on and that they're actually restricting what airbnb is doing that sets a very dangerous potential precedent for regulation, you know, in, in future cities. So, you know, that's kind of one, one, one takeaway. The second takeaway is that there's this thing called the Communications Decency Act, which is Section 420. And, and, and the, the whole concept behind that is if you have a marketplace or a platform or a website, so think of like Craigslist or Facebook or whatever, right? There is a protection that is given to these platforms and, and, and marketplaces as places for people to either, you know, share or sell to each other or whatever, right? And there's the section that federally protects anything that happens on, protects the platform itself from anything that happens on that, on the platform. So, you know, one of the reasons why Craigslist can exist is because if somebody sells you something and it's, you know, not what they said it is, it's not Craigslist that's responsible. They're just the platform, right? So, or if somebody posts something and it's liable or slander or defamation and it's on Facebook, Facebook isn't on the hook just because they created something to use it. And so the fact that this actually attacks Airbnb, I think is super interesting because, you know, the, the, the defense historically by Airbnb and other platforms has been, hey, 
communications decency act. Like this is, you know, this is not, uh, this doesn't apply to us. We're just a platform. We're staying out of it. And this is the first time that I've seen uh, the city say, and the judge say, you know what, actually, I don't know if that's true here. And so that also kind of is a, a potential, you know, big kind of red flag for, for moving forwards. And then the last thing, I think the third takeaway is just this happened in LA. Everybody was kind of like, this will never happen. This will never happen. You know, they're going back and forth on the regulations. And then one day the regulations went through. And so I think that it really, really, really emphasizes the fact that if you're in this space, if you're listening to this podcast, you should be involved in your local, you know, uh, alliance, Greek, municipality, regulations, you know, making, you know, lobbying efforts, whatever you can do, you know, whether that's joining responsibly or, or, or figuring out what your local group is, if you are not involved, it will happen when you're not paying attention. So, you know, I think that, that's kind of the, the third one for me. Yeah. I think my takeaways for me, well, first of all, I'm going to start with like the funniest one. And what I think is some of the most crony cronyism aspect of things. But, you know, New York is claiming that this is because of, you know, the housing, the housing crisis, which, you know, you can read tons of articles online about how regulations the city has imposed on landlords has literally encouraged landlords to not rent out their own properties. Kind of, you know, for some of the, the reasons we talked about earlier, like tenant rights, you know, rent control, like they'd rather not have a rent controlled tenant in there. So there's like tens of thousands of apartments in New York that landlords are choosing not to rent out rather than have them be subject to New York City's tenant landlord rules. But second, if you can actually, you can get a permit to do a homestay. So like, let's say, for example, I have, you know, I stay often and, you know, I have an apartment in Dumbo. It's a, it's a one bedroom with an office. I could probably turn that office into a bedroom. However, according to the New York rules, that guest would not be able to lock their door. So they could come, they could stay, but they wouldn't be able to lock their door. I, as the host, would not be able to lock my door. So I have my bedroom. I would have to keep my door unlocked. I don't know what argument you could possibly make that that is somehow like helping, you know, the, like the housing market. I mean, New York, you know, it's historically a corrupt place. And who has a large, who has the most to gain with these rules? New York rental prices are still hitting all-time highs, regardless of the regardless of the ban on short-term rentals. However, hotels have a lot to gain. So I was I was reading an article about the expected price increases of hotel rooms oh, because yeah. of these new short-term rental regulations. And it's like pretty insane. It's like they expect before they expected a 6% year-over-year increase in prices. Now they're expecting a 13% year-over-year and year-over-year. So it's like, imagine how much money Hyatt, and we're going to actually get into Hyatt in a little bit. Sure. And, and something they've done recently. But imagine how much they're willing to spend and not because of how much they have to gain having this new pricing power and not having the competition of short-term rentals. So it's like, if anyone could give me a good reason why you know, a host can't lock their own bedroom if someone's sleeping on their couch. You know, I have my couch right behind my cat was on it earlier. I feel like I should, you know, if I'm renting out my couch for, you know, a weekend, maybe, maybe there's like a big event. I can make a few hundred bucks renting out my couch. I'd want to be able to lock my door. You know, I don't think there's anything inhumane about wanting to to lock your own door. So I don't, I don't disagree. I think that there's a, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of nonsensical stuff in here. And, and I, you know, when you, when you start thinking about, you know, I, I don't like to think about it, but you know, you're putting people in potentially bad situations by, by forcing them to do that. Right. And, and that's not really what I think this, you know, the, the industry has become or what it even necessarily should have started as. I mean, you could make the argument that, you know, if, if, if Airbnb and Chesky and, you know, they started this with the concept of somebody should be sleeping on your air mattress in your living room without a, a locked door. But, you know, that's not really what the vacation rental industry is. And that's not really what things have become. So, you know, I think nonsensical legislation is frightening. So I, I, I feel you. Yeah. Well, there, I think they're, they're throwing, they're showing their true colors. And like that point was the most, is like the most evident aspect. They're like, are we really in it now to, to help people like have their, you know, cost of living down? No, we, we are, we're going to act like that's the reason, but really a large part of this is. We're helping out Hyatt. And then the point I, I, I just want to say, I do like, so I, I personally do not have any Airbnbs in New York. However, I do have like mentees who, who do have properties in New York. And 
they've gone them either they they had them before and New York started being really strict or maybe they got them during. And what I told them and what they've done is like, all right, just make sure that whatever property you get, it can be a 30 day like it, it is underwritten to be a killer 30 day minimum rental. And there are specific things you can do to be a like a, a, a highly desired 30 day rental. One of them is you got to make sure you have in unit washer and dryer because someone who's staying for two or three, four months really cares about that. You got to make sure you have like a remote work setup, meaning you have a desk, you have a monitor. So a tech worker who's by coastal like like Jeff, you know, wants to stay in New York four months of the year. They're going to pick a place where they can pull their laptop out and plug it into a monitor. So like things like that can, you know, set yourself up for success, even in the worst case scenario. So that being said, let's talk about high end. Jeff actually, he filled me in on, on a lot of the current events before the show, but he was talking, we were talking about the move that Hyatt has made into vacation rentals. So yeah, fill, fill me in on that. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's, I think it's, you know, in line with kind of how, what, what Marriott started to do and what the hotel industry started to do in general. I mean, there's, there's a big pivot to move from traditional hotels into, into the vacation rental space, because the line is pretty thin, especially when you start talking about apartment buildings, you know, the difference between a hotel or a boutique hotel and a vacation rental is pretty narrow. You start talking about a lot of people that are out there buying motels and renovating them and turning them into short-term rentals. You know, in, in, in a building, a short-term rental and a hotel room are pretty much differentiated by a kitchen. So I think it makes sense for, for Hyatt to get into the space. I think that I, I saw my first, my personal first Hyatt house building this week, which was pretty nuts. And, and I, I am not, I'm not sure like what part of the rollout that, that is, but I mean, this is something that's been coming for a long time. And I think, you know, just being aware that not only like you were talking about, are, are they focused on getting an extra 7%, you know, increase on year over year hotel room rental rates. They're also really focused on cap capturing the part of the short-term rental industry's growth that they can. I mean, they're uniquely positioned. And again, like not to tie it back to, to host GPO, but in this very unique like scenario, you're have like if you are an individual operator and you have to compete with Hyatt's sheet pricing and the pricing that they get to furnish their unit, like that is not a fair balance. And so, you know, I think when you when you look at kind of what is out there and what the hotel industry is trying to do, I think having your eyes open and planning what you can do to differentiate from that and and how you can compete with that is is super important now more than ever. And and so hi, so you're saying they are getting into it was called a Hyatt house. So essentially it was just a, it was a vacation house. Yeah. Or was it a, a boutique hotel? Well, Hyatt House is like their extended stay hotels. And, you know, I'm not sure how long that that kind of has has been going on, but they recently announced that they're coming back into the, the vacation rental world with, I think they're calling it like Hyatt Homes and, and Hideaways. And it's just, I, I just happened to see my first Hyatt House this last week. But I mean, look, I think the big takeaway is that they are very much focused on the short-term rental industry. And they're focused on trying to break into the space now in a, in a different way than they did before. I think they, they tried to step into the space, you know, a handful of years back, couldn't figure out exactly how to do it. And now they're kind of coming into, and that was through their, I think the Hyatt House, which was their extended stay hotels that have kitchens, et cetera. I think they're doubling down on that effort, but I think they're starting to go into homes as well. And so I, I think it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how the hotel industry starts to break into the space more and more and, you know, just being aware of the fact that the difference between a short-term rental and a, and a hotel is not that much. I think, I think it's so funny because there's a lot of hype in boutique hotels. I think it's kind of like that seen as like that sexy thing in short-term rentals. Sure. And also for a lot of operators, like as myself, is it's like, all right, you know, keep leveling up. We're doing, it seems like that natural next step. But really, I mean, a boutique hotel, the difference between a boutique hotel and a motel is not as much as you would think. It's effectively branding a motel and calling it a boutique hotel. Yeah. I, I just like, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and people talk about boutique hotels and it's like, it's just a glorified motel. So 
I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to argue with. I, I mean, I think I think that you probably get people blue in the face saying saying the opposite sometimes. And you know, there's a lot more intentionality and a lot more luxury. And I think if you're calling something a boutique hotel, sure. but, you know, like I don't know what what is artisanal cheese. You know, like I have no idea. Isn't it just cheese with branding? I mean, like if, I think that I think that that these certain these words don't really necessarily mean the same thing that they used to. So I, I, same thing here, like. What is a short-term rental? Like, what is a what is a vacation rental? Where is it? What where does what's the difference? And why isn't it just a hotel room with kitchen? Exactly. So, obviously, you know, people talk about cities are out to get us. I mean, it's evident. Hyatt, Marriott, again, New York City. You know, there's there's no surprise that this this happens. Like the the hotel hotels make a killing in New York. They make a killing. In Los Angeles. And obviously, they're seeing the growth of short-term rentals as a impending on, you know, or something that, that might be a detriment to their, you know, their core business being hotel rooms with no kitchens. But now they're trying to move in to, Homes. you know, growing space. So I want to, how are you and how is Host GPO helping to help help hosts compete with hotels? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, we're leveling the playing field, right? I mean, that's that's right out of the gate. You, as a as a smaller operator, you know, property management company, owner operator, you can access pricing and products that you wouldn't be able to access otherwise. And it's not just that, you know, we have you know, major discounts that are better than the, you know, trade discounts with, you know, West Elm and, and Williams-Sonoma and stuff like that. Like that stuff is all great. It's also that you get access to products like, Okay, like a great example of that is we partner with Helix. I don't know if you're familiar with Helix, the mattress company. They're actually they're actually based like literally right next to where you are, I think is their headquarters. Oh. Everybody's everybody's in that little area of Dumbo over there. But my, I think that good place to be. Great place to be. But they're a great mattress company. And, you know, we have an amazing discount with them on their on their retail mattress. But what's really cool is, you know, what host GPO does is we get access to products that you cannot buy through Helix otherwise because they're not meant for retail consumers. They're meant for operators of businesses. So they have a hospitality mattress that's exclusively distributed through Host GPO. And it's essentially their normal mattress, but it doesn't come in fancy packaging. And because it doesn't come in fancy packaging, because as an operator, like you don't really care. You're gonna don't care. You're gonna open it up. You're gonna put it on the bed. And that's what it's there for, right? So because we eliminate the packaging with them and because they manufacture it for hospitality use, you're getting the mattress from a reputable mattress company. It's extremely comfortable. It's made to order all these things. And you're getting it at an insane discount. Like pricing that's, you know, beyond beyond what, you know, beyond competitive, beyond what, you know, the Amazon, you know, Zenus pricing is than a lot of people kind of go for and they're buying these foam mattresses they just don't know any better but you can have such a better quality mattress at the same price or better by by going through something like host gps so we're, we're opening up you know the lines of access same thing with standard textile right that's our linen partner and it's like yeah marriott and Hyatt and hilton know that that's the best linen company right they, they've figured it out you, you think that they haven't done their research and figured out Who's making the best linen that can go through the most washes that are, you know, priced the, the, the most competitively that, you know, they've, they've done all of that. And they have all these little things too. Like, you know, I, I can, I can go, I can go really, really deep. So I'll, I'll stop myself. But like the best example of this is I can't tell you how many host GPM members have signed up and they start talking about, you know, or like you go to like the Facebook groups and you see people like they're literally sewing um, labels into their sheets. So that they could, their cleaning teams can tell queens and kings and twins apart. They're literally like sewing thread in, and you know they're not wrong. Like you, you came up with something brilliant. But this linen company's been doing that for eighty years, and it just comes standard on in you know like most of their lines. Like they have like a color coordinated thread that runs around the inside. They come pre laundered with, with you know with ties. You don't have to do it. so again. Like we're bringing these specialized products that aren't even accessible to your normal average consumer. And, and removing the middleman and allowing you to just get access to them if you couldn't get access otherwise. Or, you know, if you were going to buy them on Amazon, we usually have the same products that a lot of people are buying on Amazon, just cheaper. So, you know, that's what we're doing. We're leveling the playing field and, and allowing people to compete with the large hotels and, and trying to help educate our membership base on like, you know, look, you can buy, you can buy some furniture off of, off of Amazon, right? You can get a coffee table. But the reason you shouldn't do that is because that coffee table is going to come and the corners are going to start folding up, right? And it's going to last for 
eight months until it's just totally destroyed. Whereas if you bought like a real coffee table at a big discount from a brand that had contract grade furniture, that thing's going to last you a lot longer. And these, this is the type of, these are the types of furniture, the types of supplies, the types of, you know, commercial grade, contract grade products that hotels have access to that just aren't available to your regular vacation rental host. So we're trying to bring that and, and, and the, the amount of research and thought and testing and product analysis that goes into curating what those brands are together to kind of provide that at really, really competitive pricing to this entire industry to allow people to compete with the enormous hotels. Sorry, as a little so, bit of a, I got on my pedestal a little bit there. I just, I just, no, no, you know, no, I, you, I love that energy. It. I can, I can feel it. I just, you know, I we can wanna, feel we, the passion. We just, I love it. I just want to help. I look, I did this. I did all the wrong things. I, I did the Ikea checkout with 48 shopping carts and I tried 30 different lines of linens and, you know, it was at a conference where I like, like this is something that should exist for our space. And so, you know, we've really been on a mission to do it. And it, it's, it's amazing how big the group has gotten over the last four years. And we're over 300,000 units sign up which is insane, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's something we're, we're really passionate about here. And like our whole team, we're all hosts. And like, we love like getting in with other people that are operating units and like trying to help figure out how we can like make it easier and make your life easier and save you money. So, so I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. So first question, yeah. how much for the Felix or Helix mattress? So I have to say, I have to say we cannot publicly disclose the pricing. It is confidential. So that being said, there is a free three-month trial where you can log in and see all the pricing, get product samples, free samples of stuff, you know, look around and figure out what it is and see what the pricing is. I can tell you that it is probably about 60%, 65% less expensive than what you would expect. Ish. Got it. Okay. So I'm not going to give my guess or maybe like, Give me the, the wink wink or something. But that's that's interesting. So yeah, what numbers can you give? Like how many sure. I you said you have three hundred thousand is it three hundred thousand hosts who uh, are you, on the platform? You, units. units. Yeah. So what yeah, what does that mean? I mean, I can tell you like, well, you know, some of our members are really, really, really big vacation rental companies, you know, with couple So units is like listings. Like units is properties. Exactly. So like So some people have two, three, four hundred. 500. Yeah. Or, or more. And then our, you know, smaller members can have three or five or 10. Right. And, and, you know, that kind of is the, the, the range, but it gives you an idea about how many people have signed up and, and are, you know, interested in, and what we have and, 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 you know, understanding that the bigger the group gets, the better the deals get, the more we align together and kind of like purchase together the, you know, the better we can go out and negotiate new, new partnerships. But there's some really fun data that we have recently from the last, I think, I don't know, six months or a year or something like that. It's like the average host is saving 39.4% off of retail pricing by going through host GPO. And it's like people are saving close to $13,000 a year on all of their stuff as members, which is pretty cool. And how does it, I'm curious, how does it, because a lot of times like designers get, you know, design discounts sure. in places like Wayfair. How does the how does the host GPO discount compare to like the interior designer discount? It's always better. We have the guaranteed best pricing. There's no other company, designer, anybody else that partners with any of our brands, including any individual vacation rental company that has better pricing with our brands than we do. It's something that we put into all of our contracts to make sure of. And, you know, it's the only way that we can, we think it's worth it. Look, if you can go to a website and put in your email address and get a, you know, 15% off your first order, there's no way we're doing a deal where we're just going to get you 15% off. So again, we always focus on really, really, really competitive pricing. And, you know, if you're an interior designer, like our pricing is way better. So you have like your, and you probably have your, like, does every user on the platform, like if I'm, let's say I'm like launching 10 houses at the same time versus like launching one. Like I'm, you know, I'm looking at houses today, you know, even, you know, people, high interest rates, high prices, like I am on Zillow every day. I'm trying to find deals. But that being said, I buy my next house. Is it best to like do multiple at the same time or kind of tell me like, how does it work? Like if I, if I'm get my next house and disclaimer, like I'm not a host GPO user. So yes. for like the next deal I do. Yes. Next... 
but how, how would it work for me and what, yeah, what could I expect? Yeah. I mean, look, if you're getting a new property, it's a, a no brainer, especially because we have a, we have a free interior design program, which is pretty cool. So we, we partner with William Sonoma and their family of brands where like they'll do the interior design of the home for you for free. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's huge by itself. I don't know yeah. if you guys, I'm, we have like, kind of like our internal team, interior design team. And, you know, we offer, you know, folk like mentees we work with very, very competitive rates. People at the conference, I think they were charging like 10 bucks a square foot yeah. or something. And <laughs> look, granted, they were an extremely good designers, like extremely good. And like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need a designer. The ROI is there. For sure. Yeah. But free, free design is crazy. So that's, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah. It's a cool, so, it's a cool program. Yeah, how does that work? It's a really cool program. The two best parts about it are, you know, it's really great if you're doing an entire home. It doesn't make sense if you're doing like an apartment or something, but if you're doing a full home and the way that it works is we've partnered with, you know, the, the, with William Sonoma. So it's Pottery Barn and West Elm and Juvenation, William Sonoma, et cetera, to one, have a team of designers, senior designers there who can help, you know, you can send your mood board, et cetera. We have somebody on our team that'll work with you. But we also have educated them and worked with them to develop like the things that you know when you're a short-term rental host, like, hey, like opt for a pullout bed potentially if that's the kind of room that you're going in or don't have a full bed. Like even if it fits in the room, like you probably want, you know, two twi twins or a queen if you can squeeze it depending on it. It's like those types of things, where to put contract rate furniture, where to spend the most money, right? We've worked to try to develop short-term rental specific design. And also like, like you were mentioning earlier, if you're doing an, if you're doing a midterm rental, you know, what kinds of things do you want to think about there versus a short-term rental? So a lot of that thought is put into it. So, which is great. And they help with the floor plan, the layout, et cetera. The other thing that's really cool about it is you can do a consolidated delivery. So what's amazing there is let's say you order an entire home worth of furniture and rather than order it from, you know, whatever, you know, Alibaba, whatever you're, you're going to order from and, and have to put it together with, you know, a hundred pieces or Ikea and you're like screwing it forever, et cetera, or having a whole team of people there, you can pay a flat rate for them to come consolidate the delivery in the warehouse, you schedule it, and then they will come and build it and install it for you. And it's extremely cost-effective to do this. So if you're doing a full home, you know, especially you have your furniture, it doesn't mean you have to get every single thing from them, right? Like I still think you should probably get the Helix mattress, right? That's my personal belief in most, most properties. But there is a real value in, in, in that you know, free service. And we've had hundreds of people go through the program that love it. So that is a cool, a cool thing that we offer. So you mentioned signing up for a new property, but, but to your, to your second question of like, do you need to do 10 properties at once? No, not really. I mean, we, you can save the same thing on one chair that you would save on, you know, buying 40 chairs. But sometimes if you're doing something like setting up 10 properties, we can help educate you on when is the right time for you to actually stop buying sheet sets, like sets, like a sheet set that comes in a pack with like two pillowcases and a fitted sheet and a flat sheet. And, you know, maybe your business is at a point where like, maybe you're not even doing fitted sheets anymore. Maybe you're just buying boxes of flat sheets and you're doing triple sheeting. That's like a big scaling thing that a lot of people get to. Or maybe you're at the point in your business where you want to be buying boxes of pillowcases because you realize that, you know, you have 15, 20 units and the number one thing that gets damaged is the mascara on the pillowcase. And so those are the ones that usually end up having to be replaced the most often. And so you realize that you can just grab from your your inventory of pillowcases rather than having to break apart sheet sets. And then you can't even figure out like, wait, is this a fitted sheet? Is this a flat sheet? Like my warehouse looks insane. So again, it might make sense if we're doing 10 properties to start chopping in that way. But, you know, regardless, there's kind of something here for everybody. So how does it work? So I, I, I obviously get the next property. Yeah. I go to the website. I'm assuming I put in, yeah. Tell me, walk me through. Sure. What does that user experience for me look like? So I would, uh, you go to hostgpo.com, you sign up, you start your three month free trial. I highly recommend doing a member advisory call. So those are free calls that we do. Our team, again, like we're all hosts. We've worked at big vacation rental companies or a lot of our uh, team just have like five or 10. A lot of our team is just members who over the years have signed up and been like, I want to help other people do this too. And so you get to talk to somebody. And wow. what's cool is that once you log in, everything is instant. Like there is no, like you're not buying from us. You are buying from the brands themselves. So for example, let's say you wanted to order a Helix mattress. You can either, you know, it'll be like you go to the Helix page and tell you what our discount is. You request a coupon code 
And then you go to the Helix site and drop that coupon code in and you check out. Crate and Barrel, CB2, same thing. Or you can go to our site, some of our brands that don't have e-commerce website like Standard Textile, you literally just check out on our site. So the site says all the different brands that we partner with, Staples, Ace Hardware. If you're in person, you can go to Ace Hardware and like get a discount at the register or uh, Google Nest, if you're buying Nest, you know, thermostats or Wi-Fi, whatever, whatever you're, you're buying from them. Regardless of what it is, you're able to transact immediately with those brands and you can see what the discounts are. And if you want to talk to a, a member advisor on our team, again, it's free and I highly recommend doing it. You can get free samples if you're like, hey, what shampoos should I try out? And we can get you a couple of different shampoos that you can like actually feel or a couple of different sheet sets that you can like understand which ones are the ones that are going to make sense for your property. Make sure that you like it first and you're not just kind of flying blind. So you'll sign up, you go through the three month trial and then we do charge an annual membership fee, but it's super low. If you have one to 10 properties, it's $120 a year total. So if you have 10 properties, it's $120 a year. Um, and the idea behind that is that's how we pass on the, the discount. I mean, they're the guaranteed best discounts and we have tens of thousands of members that are paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks each and that makes us exist. It's kind of like your, your membership do. Awesome. So this is all great. So everybody, I recommend go to HostGPO, go HostGPO.com. HostGPO.com. Go to HostGPO, check it out. It seems like you guys have a lot of information on your website. So yeah, I always, I always, when I wrap this up, I, I like to ask the question, you know, what is your short-term rental pro tip for someone, you know, either starting or scaling in 2023, what is the most important thing, tangible tip you have for them to succeed? I mean, other than don't let somebody stay in your place for more than six months in LA, I would say. Exactly. Other than, other than, other that, than no, that, no, one. no six months is in New York or LA. I mean, I don't know. This is, I, I, I. Okay. So also every time I get asked this question, I try to come up with a different one. So, so my, my tip this time would be do the right thing, do the right thing. And so what I mean by that is that philosophy is like, not just don't rent out an illegal property in the back of your house that doesn't have a permit because you're going to end up with crazy headaches or, you know, don't just, you know, make sure that you're in compliance and, and with, with the local regulations, et cetera, but do the right thing in terms of like creating an experience that is actually what you're trying to sell. I think a lot of people, especially the newer folks who get into this industry, it's like they're kind of dipping their toe in it. And I think that they think, all right, well, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I'm just going to get like kind of I'm going to go grab like this couch from my aunt's house. And here's my posters from my college dorm room. And here's my whatever. And they kind of throw it together to see if this is going to work. And, you know. There, I think that doing the right thing in this industry is, is not just about doing things, you know, on board with your neighbors and making sure that you're setting up something long-term. I mean, it's a lot of work to do this. So you can't just kind of like scrap it together, but, but be intentional about like what type of property you're setting up. Try to create these guest experiences. They're great. Create a beautifully designed or like really intentional property for somebody. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't have to be like luxury, but maybe it really should be like geared towards the specific person and do right by them, by that guest. because. Those people are succeeding right now. Those people are, are always going to win because not everybody's going to go that mi extra mile to do it. So if you do the right thing in this industry, like you're way more likely to succeed than, than I think the folks that are, you know, kind of scrapping things together and just kind of, you know, trying to, to wing it. So do the right thing. Yeah, sometimes I like to, before the show, just show my listings. So then, you know, when something's like, yeah, that's, the, I mean, 2023, it's about designing and setting up the right properties yeah. and doing it very well. Yeah. Like those are the, you know, getting into that 75th, 90th percentile is where, you know, I like to live. And it's like, in a, in a way, kind of like where you need to live now. And it's actually BNB Calc where we're going to release a feature where you can see where the property stacks up like or what different percentiles look like. So if you're 90th percent, What's the income there? If you're 50th percent, you know, if you're 50th and below right now, like it's, it's kind of it might be harder, you know, it might definitely. And, and, and you can tell you look at those listings and they look like shit. They just don't look, they and, weren't intentional. And it's, and it's the crazy thing. It's not just like people think that this is just luxury, right? I'm not doing the luxury. But it's not. Look, there are things that you can do that are the right thing. Like when your guest shows up and your property sleeps eight people, you can't just have eight glasses and like eight forks and like it, you can't expect that your guest is going to be there and like do the dishes after every time they eat because you didn't want to buy another eight plate yeah. like that's not the right thing and it's not i'm not saying like be love i'm saying like 
create a great experience for people, like give them what they want and what they expect. They can't, they're not going to look inside the drawers of your listing to see how many plates you have. And one of those glasses is going to break. And then all of a sudden you're going to have somebody like, what, like drinking out of their hands or drinking out of a mug, like, you know, do, do the right thing and for, for the, for the guests. So if you, I, I don't know you share your listing sometimes at the beginning of the properties. If I ever come back on again, we do a thing called fix my listing where, where um, we'll, we'll look at your listing and we'll tell you what we, what we, what we think. We have a, a couple of designers on our team too. So they're, they're always really fun. If you ever want to do that in the future, it's, it's always a good time. Yeah. And I usually do it before. So then when someone is talking about like how to do the right thing and being intentional, they like use me as an example and they gas me up. That, that's honestly, that's actually why I do the podcast is uh, <laughs> people, so people can gas up my listing. But if someone, if someone tells me how to do them better too, I'm, I'm all for that because I'm intentional about me. Like right now, for example, we are adding hot tubs. I'm trying to get and talking to you, I mean, I don't know if you guys do hot tubs, We're working <laughs> but, but I'm trying to get like a bulk discount and add four hot tubs. I'm actually talking to my neighbors too, who like want hot tubs so we can have like a bulk discount and maybe get like 30% off five hot tubs, Yeah, but continually leveling up your listing, like not just taking that profit that you made and, you know, go spending it on a, on a Maserati. I don't know why I chose Maserati there, but spending it or reinvesting it to make that experience more attractive to guests moving forward. So I, I totally second everything you say. Folk want to follow your journey. Seems like you've honestly been an OG in the short-term rental space. Like, you know, I feel like I'm an early adopter and I'm really, you know, kind of like beginning of COVID time is really when I dumped, drived into it. You've been, you've been almost 10 years. So I'm sure that you've, you know, you've had an amazing, amazing time and really seen how this space has evolved and are really at this point, honestly, one of the true OGs. So how could, how could folk follow you and your story? Yep. And then how could they get in touch uh, with host GPO? Yeah. So, you know, me personally, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big LinkedIn guy. So feel free to, you know, add me on LinkedIn if you're listening. And then generally speaking, our social media at host GPO or at host GPO everywhere. And definitely recommend following us, especially on, on like Instagram there, because we do a lot of cool, like member transformations. We'll talk to our members we showcase what they're doing. And it's a really great place to get ideas for your rentals too. And we try to drop a lot of like pro tips in, in there as well. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, of course. And uh, thanks for having me and really looking forward to welcoming you to the host GPO community too. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay on after the call. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll talk. But uh, yeah, thank you guys, everyone, for joining. As always, stay tuned until next time. Give this, give this podcast a follow. Message me. I, you know, I want to hear at the conference. It was so great hearing what people like me talking about and like, you know, guests I'm having on. So send me a message and just let me know what you want me to talk about. And, you know, your, your wish is my, my command. And just, you know, just so people know, you know, when you leave a review on the podcast, it's like leaving somebody leaving a review in your Airbnb. You know, five stars mean that you took something away from it. Anything less than that is, you know, this ruined your life in some way. So, so make sure you're leaving a review also. It makes a big difference for the podcast itself. Exactly. No, it really does. I'm learning all about, you know, podcast SEO, similar to Airbnb SEO, you know. So please, those reviews really do matter. So I, I appreciate all that in advance. And as always, guys, stay tuned until next time. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating, like, comment, and share this with someone you know that wants to invest in short-term rentals.